This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Rail. And I'm Wade Clausen. And this is Let's Unpack That. Today we're joined by Sagar Jawani. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. Fantastic. It's 8 p.m. on a Friday. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm boiling. <laughs> it's so hot in it's here. It's very hot in here. But we are here and it's going to be mm-hmm. great. Sagar, tell everyone a little bit about you. Give us a little bit of background and context on who you are. Absolutely. So I originally, I started my journey um, <laughs> back in California and I did a stint in San Diego. So that's how old were you when you well was born in San Diego and then lived there till I was eight. Okay. And then we did a year overseas in Bangladesh. That's where my dad's from. So we kind of did like a, it was it was a really interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, did a year there and then moved um, to Calgary, Alberta, which is up in Canada. That was where I spent essentially the rest of my my life until I went off to college, which was outside of Toronto. So lots lots of traveling like back and forth essentially. And then just within the last year here, uh, I moved down to Chicago okay. um, for work. I, I don't spend too long in one place, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, love, we love being a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. As you were growing up, like going to all different places, what was kind of your journey alongside that as a gay individual? There was like no gay till I want to say like 19. I knew I was gay from like grade eight or nine, I'd say, but I didn't associate with it. I had no cultural ties, no friends that like there were there are gay people that I know now that I went to high school with and I had no idea. Like it was just fully not something that I focused on or something that I really took a part in. And then when I went off to college, um, again, college was outside of Toronto and Toronto is a huge like metropolitan center. So mm-hmm. that was where I, I realized there, there are a shit ton of gay people yeah. <laughs> um, at the school. I went to a really large school. And so that's where I made my, my first few friends from the queer community. And honestly, I still credit them with kind of allowing me to discover myself and like helping me, like pushing me to yeah. um, embrace who I was. And I find that I'm still very, very fond of them today because of that that kind of part that they played in my life. What was that initial exposure and experience like the amount of internalized homophobia (laughs) like i was mean i I have a friend and i obviously won't name him because he probably wouldn't like that but i'm still really good friends with him now he's back in toronto and and he was essentially my first close gay friend Mm -hmm. and i was mean to him like when i first met him and it was more so of an embarrassment of like being gay publicly almost Mm -hmm. whereas like i liked his personality and i liked him but when he was comfortably gay I would find that I shied away from that, especially in front of other people. And I think at first it was because I was kind of worried, like, well, you know, I'm not, I haven't, I hadn't come out to anyone, like, my family at that point. So I was like, I can't act, like, too gay at school because, like, we're still in the same, the same country. Like, mm-hmm. something could get back to mom or, you know what I mean? I feel really bad about it, but I can still understand why I was the way I was. It, it just, it kind of went uphill from there, I'd say. Like, it was just, like, a slow burn where day one, nothing, and then moving a year or two down the road, like I'm going to the Toronto Pride Parade. My business school had a, like a, I don't think it was a float. I believe it was just like a group that walked in there and I ended up walking in it in, after my third year of college. I'd say I still didn't engage with the community like truly until I moved to Chicago. Okay. Like now is when I, I do, like I do gay shit. Like all yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I didn't do, I didn't do that in college. Like even though I started getting more comfortable with it and like yeah. talking to guys and, and, and um, embracing it to some degree, like, it still wasn't what I think it could have been. And I'm kind of sad I didn't utilize that more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because you were in that huge community. So I yeah, really get, like, like, I'm jealous of you guys, honestly. Because <laughs> I feel like you're, you guys are, what, 20, 21? 22. 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're a bit, little bit younger, but you're 
a lot more like I don't think neither of you strike me as you know like heavily homophobic you know, to yourself. So, <laughs> I don't think so. No. I, and I wish I wish I had just been like that a little bit earlier because I feel like I could have had a lot more like good times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that you were a little bit more homophobic towards yourself because of the way you were raised? Was that like mm-hmm. or the way places you live? I wouldn't even say it was. Well, I mean, I was raised in a Muslim family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know normally the differentiator and. It wasn't like necessarily the the religion itself, but it was more so the the general culture and also just when you have immigrant parents, they work really hard to get a lot of things done and the the gay agenda like isn't on their, you know, on that's their- not what they, when they move to America with like $10, their focus is not like how can I be less homophobic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and my parents were never like like I, I was never like oh my god, like these people hate gay people. Like they, yeah. and even when I came out to my mom, like she didn't she was never really hateful. It was more of like a, I'd say a little bit of like sadness because I think most parents have an expectation of like, hey, mm, like the lineage. I have, yeah, like yeah. I, especially in in like South Asian culture, mm-hmm. moms like they're the most important to the thing to them is seeing their grandkids and like seeing their mm-hmm. son get married and that kind of thing. So I know that that was a bit of a letdown for mom, but at the same time, it was what I had to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So would you say that they were like, in the end were pretty accepting as a family when you were coming out to them, or what was? that like for you? I came out to my mom again, as I said, um, after my third year of college. And it was, it was a lot of sadness. Like I could just feel that kind of like, again, those, the expectations she had kind of collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like hurtful things said. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was still really hard and it still is hard to this day. Do you think it's gotten better with time or? Well, I was like, hey, I'm gay. And then we kind of like, and then I went off to Toronto for the summer and did my internship. Okay. And then went to college. And then during almost all that time, did not really bring it up again. Yeah. Um, so it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a good strategy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we essentially just kind of, I was like, I, let me let me tell her and then we'll just, I'll just pretend it never happened. I don't think we talked about it properly for like another two years, like until after COVID hit. I went home again after I graduated which was during COVID Mm -hmm. and I knew at some point that she was gonna like she was gonna bring it up and she did and we actually had a lot of good conversation I mean I'm not speaking of her but I would assume like with those conversations Mm -hmm. she probably wants to like have a positive relationship with you I mean your Mm -hmm. son right this is so corny but I remember being like do you still love me um, cause I just, I like validation and <laughs> I think we all ask that. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> so, and I remember I asked her and, and, and she was like, you, no matter what you do, like, I'll always love you. Like, don't ever, you know, ask me that, like whatever. And, and I found that to be really powerful. Like, even though the moment it's, the moment itself was not good. It was not a good moment. She wasn't like, you know, pride, um, <laughs> but it's more for her kids than anything else. Like that's the important part. And I mm-hmm. think most parents, you have to give them a little bit of a break. Like you can't expect them to just jump into, mm. you know, the queer. <laughs> Let's go to a drag show. <laughs> yeah, no, that, so that is my actual, like my ultimate goal. Like if I can one day get her to a drag show, we're not, we're not close, there. but we're making like baby steps. And so. I mean, yeah, I mean, you would think that like eventually she would like want to see like what the gay culture is like. I, again, I have a, I have a hope, you know. Like I, I try to bring it up with her, and and we went so we went to California recently mm-hmm. um, as a family, and I remember call, I called my sister and I was like, should I wear my nails or should I just get them um, like removed? Because essentially, whenever I go home, I and and I don't talk about this part honestly, but whenever I go home, I essentially have to like straight yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Code switch, right? I, so yeah. like I take off the nails, like the earrings become you know studs. Um, et cetera. 
and I, I essentially, I told my sister, I was like, can I just, can I just show up as me since we're going to be in California? Like it's California. And she was like, do your thing. So I just, I showed up with my nails. I showed up with whatever earrings I wanted to wear. And I, I kind of was testing my mom a little bit yeah. and she was, she was really good. Like we just, the whole trip was great. Like she didn't really bring up the nails at all. She kind of, she'd seen them on FaceTime. Yeah. So I was like, that was the way I like let her in. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, she she impressed me with that, and so I feel like going from like her not knowing I'm gay to like me, you know, with my gel nails like in like on a trip with her definitely shows progress. So yeah. So you said that you really didn't get exposed to the full on like gay community really until you moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. What was your initial reaction and impression like? It was a lot. Chicago's still a lot, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, which is it's probably my fault because I, I I like to do a lot. I don't mm-hmm. like to be. I don't like to sit around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very I'm a Gemini. So I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea what that actually means. I just I just throw it into conversation. But <laughs> I, I definitely feel like there was so much for the city to offer, and I was kind of ready. Except if that makes mm-hmm. sense, that's a very weird way to say it. You embraced the moment. You yeah. I did like, and and it took time. Like at first, I was kind of very uncomfortable. I I didn't know what to do or how to be gay or or whatnot in in the context of such a big queer city. Then I realized like it was, it's pretty normal. I, I don't know, again, I don't know how, how often you guys have been, been down to Chicago, but there's a lot of diversity mm-hmm. and you can kind of be yourself for the most part and not deal with like a ton of issues, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just really like that part. Back home, like you kind of have to, I had to be a little bit more guarded because you don't know like who is seeing you mm-hmm. and if they know, you know, this person and you just don't want like things to go around. Like just cause I'm out to my mom doesn't mean I'm out to everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. like all my, uncles and aunts and that kind of thing yeah and then in Chicago because I'm in almost a different country and everything like it's it's a different feeling and so I just kind of went in head first I was like club what's that what's the meme that club bar the Lady Gaga one yeah bus club yeah yeah that (laughs) bus literally it was it was it was that every weekend every Friday every Saturday so you were having a Gaga moment no really yeah it was it was uh I still remember some of those nights I moved back in in July so it was like a nice summertime kind of vibe and yeah the best um, time of the year in Chicago mm -hmm. no it was and Mm -hmm. and and so I still had some of the summer to kind of enjoy before I, I started work and the scene it technically gets boring but at the same time, never really gets boring. Like, you can never have too much gay. Mm-hmm. And so, no, really, because, like, my friends make fun of me for this, but we'll be at the club and we'll just be, like, hanging out, and I'll just kind of be there complaining, like, I hate this song, or, like, why are they, you know, yeah, whatever. And and, and at the same time, like, I'll never stop doing it. Like, I will be, you will catch me there. Yeah. Every <laughs> weekend, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely a big community, and I think it's cool to live in a city, too, and, like, it'd mm-hmm. be so accepting, and people just, like, are willing to support and embrace everybody for who they are, which I think is incredible. And like one of my favorite parts of being in a city and not the suburbs, like, yeah, no, thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. That's why I had to move. Yeah. Like, no. Is there anything that you haven't loved about your move to Chicago? It's been, it's been very positive and, and obviously in the gay context, like again, a, a life changer, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like when you meet a million new people, there's going to be some that aren't the best. And I think in, in terms of the gay community like Chicago, there's going to be so many like ignorant people. There's going to be a lot of superficiality. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I'm a pretty authentic person. Like I tend to, again, I'm a Gemini. So <laughs> um, I tend to tell tell people what I think when I think it. And it's not always a good trait because it, it leads to a lot of skirmishes here and there. But I just wish more people were like that in our community, especially because mm-hmm. like I think we we do. And this is this is like a very big tangent, but 
we, I think we, we talk about our community as if it's just like this big happy family, but then you realize like even in such a small population, there's still so much division. Division mm-hmm. and clicks. Yeah, yeah. clicks. Yeah. That's the biggest issue. And then it's also people with preconceived notions. There are obviously race can play a role, but mm-hmm. not even just race. There's also the whole like masculinity, femininity issue. And I think like being in Chicago has made me more comfortable with a lot of those things. But I, I realize that like everyone's kind of doing their, their has their own journey and yeah. it's not always the best to interact with like certain people. Yeah. 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 Obviously, hookup culture, all that is very much so a prominent <laughs> mm-hmm. thing. Whether it's when you first entered the scene or just like your, your experiences so far, what has that been like for you? Yeah, Chicago is, um, there are a lot of lot of gay men, a lot of cute gay men. So definitely, I, in, I enjoy, I partake. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like a lot of college was, was used to unravel my internalized homophobia mm-hmm. instead of embracing, like, the queer community and Mm -hmm. so I didn't actually have a lot of experiences with men either like it wasn't just culturally it was like I didn't meet up with a lot of guys during college like it just wasn't yeah I was just kind of like chilling you know (laughs) when I moved to Chicago I was kind of like this I don't I I would just say I was like I was a different person I was like I can I can enjoy myself in a different way and it's easier because you're not like you're not around family and and at that point I kind of gotten over my like internalized all those issues Mm -hmm. so Chicago is yeah it's 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 a playground (laughs) Um, and sometimes you gotta get on the swings and and that's like fine i don't know what your guys thoughts are but like i don't think that i put the same emphasis on like having a relationship that i used to not that that's not like a wonderful thing to aim for but i think you don't have to put a label on something to necessarily benefit from it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's the way i'm living right now what do you prefer do you prefer to have people more consistently in your life even if it's not like in a serious capacity or would you rather just be people you don't even know at all Internally, I'm not the kind of person that likes to hook up with someone that I don't know or that mm-hmm. I don't like to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Um, even if I am hooking up with someone, like, I still grab a bottle of wine and, like, chat with them for an hour. At least. Yeah. At least. And that shows, um, like, I think that shows, yeah. like, being, like, a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to make a connection. Yeah. 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 I think and so I, many people just expect you to just walk in yeah. and be like, let's go. <laughs> I've, so that's the thing. I've had, there have been so many times where that happened to me. Yeah, and I was kind of like taken aback. I'm because as, as 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 gay as I am now, I'm still a bit of an old soul. I think like mm-hmm. deep down, like mm-hmm. way deep down now. I've I've been I've had those moments where someone come in and it's kind of like they're like, let's go, and I'm just like, can we just can we just talk for a bit? Like, come get this glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, like like let's just like, what is your name again? No, I'm but I'm not that bad. You want to have some genuine moments. And I think I have that. But at the same time, like, I know I'm not ready for a relationship. Yeah. And so until then, we're on the playground. I think so. it's important to know what when you're ready, being able to figure out when you want a relationship and then when you want to hook up. And I think, like, being able to, like, know that, mm-hmm. too, about yourself is, like, really important because then you're bound to be way more successful in a relationship that's more serious when you're, like, prepared to do so. Why be in one? And no judgment, because every, everyone's everyone is in relationships for different reasons. Like some people yeah. are in them for security. Yeah. Right. Like they just want someone. People that are always in relationships. Yeah, and and I know those people, and I'm like, okay, like you do you. If that yeah. brings you happiness. Yeah. But for me personally, like I know that I still probably have a bit of work to do on myself mm-hmm. before I'm an emotional support for someone else. I want to kind of be the best version of myself mm-hmm. before I enter into anything that's like longer term. People are in their own groups. They, yeah. they stay in their corner and they oftentimes are comfortable and they don't leave, which I is very understandable. I mean, you feel safe. You're not mm-hmm. going to go in, you know, out of your way to want to 
explore other aspects of the community. Call ourselves like a community. Yeah. And yet there are like certain letters that almost like a lot of them don't interact with any of the and and honestly I I feel like I have work to do in this area too. I mean I mean this podcast. Yeah. Does. We claim to be about like the LGBT community, but every single person on this podcast is gay. As somebody like me, mm-hmm. me and Wade, who are like yeah. people who are thinking of what guests you want to have, like that's our responsibility. Be broadening that. Like obviously, yeah. we're just getting started, but mm-hmm. I really want to make the effort to expose myself yeah. to different stories because I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to understand. That's a big part of like why this podcast even exists because I feel like I found myself like really closed off and just mm-hmm. interacting with like my mm-hmm. handful of gay friends mm-hmm. and not really seeing other experiences that were different than my, than my own. And obviously, it started with light stuff. It's like oh. Let's go to open relationships. Like, I have never been in one, and I could never be in one, but I want to know what it's like. Uh-huh. So it's like, I have that curiosity, and I want to continue to be able to do that and bring those stories to the people who are listening to this. And I feel like our generation is more open than previous ones to embracing differences and wanting mm-hmm. to be aware of them. It's tough, because it's like, you can't change someone that doesn't want to change. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, you know, keeping account. Like, I hang out with, like this intersectionality or this or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, everyone I do hang out with, like, I want them to be open to learning more and I, and mm-hmm. I hopefully I, I do the same right but I just think that the that's an issue that's I mean and I mean if we're being honest like the white gay male mm. is the the face of the gay community mm-hmm. and it still is like obviously we've got we've come a long way since I was you know little mm-hmm. um, and even just look at, at like representation in the media you go back to like Glee there's Kurt and Blaine two white gays that's, yeah. that's like the start of representation for gays in the media. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of shows, they saw that and they copied it. And then yeah. that in media becomes, oh, here's white gays. They represent the gay community. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is like society. And when I say society, I do mean like straight society. Mm-hmm. They are the most used, at least in Western culture, they're the most used to like you guys. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, if, if I saw you on a show, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, like, wow, they cast this white man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that when people are creating shows, or at least when they were, like, let's say, a decade ago. They were, like, going for the bare minimum. Like, they were like, hey, we just need to get a gay Check person. Check the box off. Check yeah. the box mm-hmm. off, like, a gay person, and then kind of you realize, like, oh, wait, but they're all just, it's, like, mostly white gay men. And it's mostly gay men that are characterized as a joke. That's yes. the other issue, right? Yeah. Like, the, the it's always a joke about the gay man, and, and even if it's not a comedy, like, they're just, they're always kind of... Always there for comedic right? relief, mm-hmm. though, I feel like. Yeah. Especially in older media. It's better now, but... It is a lot better now, because I, I consume a lot of old, like, I watch a lot of old shows, too, and, and it kind of sucks, because they could be great shows, but you know how the queer community is going to be kind of mm-hmm. shown or portrayed in them, and that kind of sucks. We've made a lot of progress, I would say that. Until very recently, like, all I can think of is that kind of, the curtain blank kind of vibes. Yeah. And then... Even watching something like, this is so basic, but like Queer Eye, mm-hmm. um, that show is also one of the few times where I saw like a South Asian gay man do his thing mm-hmm. and like be famous. And, and like, people are embracing not, it and yeah. they love it. Like people love Tan. I love Tan because I love Tan. when I think about like, okay, me 20 years down the road, like I don't have many gay role models to look to. There's like just none. Hey, what intersectionalities do I have? Like for me, the big two are of course queer and then South Asian. Mm-hmm. The South Asian part is just never, it's never been a, like a focus. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like mad about it, but yeah. at the same time, I, I kind of wish that growing up I'd seen people that I could be like, oh, like that, that's me, you mm-hmm. know? And that's why queer eye was still a big deal to me, even though it was very, it is made for like the straight white mom. There's Anthony and he's very, you know, like I love him. He's a sweet guy, but, it, and the, but that's like, that Anthony is like the representation you, mm-hmm. you we grew up with. Like huge muscles and like yeah. just uh, everyone fawns over him. You know, what I mean? for, just for existing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't I don't love that. I get why it's still going to be necessary. JVN or with Bobby or or like all of them. It's not just color that's like the only differentiator. It's just like 
seeing diversity, whether it's socioeconomic, cultural, religious, mm-hmm. like that is that is what I liked about the show. When you look at like the political landscape of America, it seems to me like in media at least that it's mm-hmm. become so normalized yeah. that now like those on like the conservative side of things are like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Watch out, they got they got spotters. Like, yeah. No, I I, I I get what you're saying. Like when I can think back to like what when I knew I was gay to like right now today, then like a, a hyper aggressive growth, right? Mm-hmm. And people think it's the gay agenda when really it's just we're catching up on many things we and should that have people are just more accepting than they yeah. used to be. Imagine what has to go through your head to think that, you know, Gay people wanting basic representation is is like a reach. I think people are going to be at a drag show, or that people are going to like be, oh love that right be corrupted like, at a mm-hmm. drag show, and that other groomers like no, they're just having fun. It's a party. It's like oh. yeah, it's so bad. And the thing is, is not only is that morally a, a, a bad argument, like the concept of like you know whether grooming. it's pedophilia yeah. or grooming or whatnot, and, and yeah. just associating that with gay men. But also the fact that, like, the statistics don't actually point to that mm-hmm. from at least – I obviously am no, like, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. But I've looked into those things because I was always wondering. I'm like, why do, like – not just conservatives, but it tends to be conservatives or people that, that are not fans of the gay community traditionally. Mm-hmm. More like, traditional they'll bring, people. Yeah. Like they'll bring – they'll bring – and when I say conservative, I'm not just talking about, like, a straight white man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're conserv- – like, there are a lot of South Asian parents mm-hmm. in my community, for example, who technically are conservative. Yeah. But they're brown, so there's like, oh, well, racism isn't good. But then they're still homophobic. It's horrible because it's like when you grow up and you're like, well, okay, racism is bad. Why is homophobia not? Yeah, Yeah. like why why are we not fighting homophobia? It's interesting because I think some of these people may be like religion is so grown in their their, like upbringing that it's so serious and so prominent that like a lot of people rely so heavily on it. Yeah. Our yes. religion to like as their guiding light mm-hmm. and like as their rock that like if anything I know if anything's different than what is in that book half the time they haven't even read the book that's they, the problem like they like, <laughs> there are so many like heavily religious right. people who, who could not actually get like quote you a scripture like or they if they can it's like there's like three it's like John mm-hmm. there's like three yeah <laughs> or it's like Corinthians you know and 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 then you're like well do you like have you read it like when you read these passages like are you reading them looking to confirm a bias or are you actually reading them you know mm-hmm. yeah and even if you are actually reading them like i think the biggest thing thing that i remind like people who are very religious i'm like i used to be very very religious mm-hmm. i'm muslim so i wasn't the choir boy and all that but i think still, of that you still equivalent. practice or no i mean yeah no i do practice um but nowhere like i'm not nearly as involved as i used to be and okay. that's partially also just because i'm in chicago i don't have the same access to the community i also mm-hmm. don't know a lot of muslims in general like in Chicago, but I think it's it's hard to balance the queer part because whereas I was totally fine with hiding who I was, I feel like during college I almost had like the secret queer life, like where I I would erase all queerness when I was around, you know, like my my religious group. Okay, um, I'm not comfortable with that anymore. Like I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and personally, my. <laughs> My solution was essentially has been to move away from religion a bit. I understand the value of it, and I think it brings a lot of happiness or fulfillment to a lot of people's lives. But I think you have to remember that at the end of the day, like your religion is your own connection with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not right? others. Exactly, it's exactly. It's like it's like have your beliefs. Like like we have religious freedom for a reason. Uh-huh. But just remember that like just because you believe in something doesn't mean it automatically exists or that everyone else should be held to that standard. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I had to actually unlearn because, again, I grew up, like, believing, like, very strongly, and I think I'd say I was quite judgmental, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all led to the whole internalized homophobia mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 
And then I was like, wait, like why? Why does this make this person a bad person? Whether it's an identity, like a piece of their identity or mm -hmm. it's like an action or even like sex positivity is like a very common thing you can think about. It's like, why does like someone enjoys having sex? Why does that make them a bad person? And mm -hmm. that's a question I asked myself in, I think I want to say like late high school, like college, I was like starting to challenge myself. Yeah. I think more people just need to do that because I feel like it allowed me to grow and I wish I could see that growth in other people yeah. or certain other people. Yeah. A lot of people, like I think you are, you're raised a certain way and you're around people who are saying certain things and have certain biases. And yeah. like, I think that almost like unknowingly gets like passed down to you and can like be transfer on to you. Yeah. Where, like even if you are someone who tries to be super accepting of people and catch yourself like yeah. judging people for being a certain way. With me, I'm lucky because in the sense like I'm gay. So that kind of forced me to become a bit better yeah. with my judgment. But I was like, well, I can't be homophobic. I am homo. Right? <laughs> so that was like a moment where I was like, okay, well, yeah. like, you know, the thoughts you have here, it, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You could talk about yourself. I think the problem with a lot of people is like, they never have to actually go through that moment where it's like, oh, I'm part of this community that I'm judging. Straight white man, a straight, you know, any color really. Like, if you don't go through that moment, if you don't have to actually deal with belonging to a certain mm -hmm. group, like, why there's nothing there to force you unless you yourself are an inquisitive person. Yeah. People are very comfortable being comfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so. I know because I like I like being comfortable. Yeah. Right? You never get anywhere if you just keep that going forever. Yeah. If everyone tried, you know, once a week to to learn something new or to talk to someone that they didn't like understand or, or know or identify with, mm -hmm. like the world would be so much better. It's a great way to wrap this up and I hope that's something that people can yeah. take to heart too mm -hmm. as they as they finish this. But Thank you so much for joining us, Sagar. Do you want to give everyone your socials if they want to check you out? Yeah. So I mean, all my socials are just Sagar Jawani. That's I feel like look I at that camera right there. You can that's Ooh. them. Yeah. That's S A G A R dot J I W A N I. But thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sagar. Thank, thank you, Wade. You. you guys can follow us on TikTok at Unpack That Pod and on Instagram at Unpack THT. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye.